everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Nation. Oh, damn it. God. <laughs> God, I feel like this is going to happen every like every month. I feel like I do this once. God. <laughs> Comic Book Legion Podcast. I am Mark. I am flustered because I am scared to touch fish while fishing with my son. And my wife falls off cliffs to catch it because she is the only one that loves him, I guess, apparently. Because I'm no... <laughs> Clay, oh man. Clay, how, how are you doing, buddy? I'm I'm doing pretty good. I mean, for only having about two and a half hours of sleep, I am pretty good. I am pretty good. Yeah, I I always feel bad when I have to be like, all right, all right, buddy, this is uh, can't do it Thursday, and and I don't even know. Like, I specifically changed Wednesdays because of piano. And now Thursdays is, I don't know, man. I, I think, like, life would just be better once I can just move into my house. <laughs> hey, July 29th, buddy. 26 days. Hey, it's it's right around the corner, you know? Yes, it is. So That's going to be exciting. All this craziness will finally be, will be past us. Uh, but besides that, man, this was a weird week in comics. Uh, it's so weird. So okay. weird. I mean, other than the fact that we didn't have any new comics... That's weird within itself, but we had, or we have, a little bit of a talking point that is, that should actually have people questioning a lot of, 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 of I mean, not just the, the individual, but their work in the future, and how, what that means for DC Comics, and if you don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about the, uh. what we... I, just, I was I, I was gonna I say the say I was gonna say the goat and I'm just like it's really hard to think that now, but uh, Jeff Johns, and you know that that comes up to a really like a big question that I kind of want to start off with right off the bat. Um, you know there has been some pretty heavy allegations towards him, um, not only what Ray Fisher has said, but there is allegations out there from uh, I think like two or three individuals saying that he. Uh, was grooming individuals like nothing happened, but they recognized that he was grooming these individuals, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm not going to talk to that person anymore." And then, on two separate YouTube podcasts that I listened to uh, over the past few days, uh, two separate uh, podcasts had said that they completely thought that he was going to get me tooed last year. Wow. Okay. So, um. I'm not going to give out any names because I know a lot of people love Jeff Johns and I know how crazy people will attack one or the other as far as the fandom goes. Um, so I'm not going to name which podcast or, or who. I mean, and, I think that's safe not only for those who are big fans of him, but I think we all know just the movie side of fans who are not his biggest fans. I think that, exactly, that would, that would exactly. just create something that I don't, I don't think that's what we want to do. But the, the big question that I want to ask you, if all of this, ends up to be true because my biggest thing is if it's true or not jeff johnson needs to step out ahead of this and say something about it um but if it is true will that stop you from reading his work i mean i i, I think it will because i'll feel a little dirty yeah that um it, it's like let, I'll, I'll give you this example I one of my favorite all-time stories, which actually made me love Green Lantern, is actually Green Lantern Rebirth, not Rebirth 
2016. This is Rebirth, like 2005, one year later with Hal Jordan. I mean, with uh, Jeff Johns and Ethan Van Skyver. Yeah, his his it's his successor to Flash Rebirth. Yes, and that story as well. Those are two amazing stories, and it's been one of those things where I just feel weird looking at it. I because mean, of Ethan, the whole Ethan. Yeah, Van I mean thing. Ethan Van yeah. Skyver. I mean he's. He honestly has probably my favorite Green Lantern cover, which is the whole uh, Hal Jordan, like, uh, Parallax, uh, uh, the Spectre, kind of like all of that in one. There's yeah. kind of like this beautiful, gorgeous splash page, of, but but it's a cover. And it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know why. And I got to be honest, I don't know everything that Ethan Van Skyver has said currently because I've muted the whole Comicsgate thing because that was just nuts. And it I just didn't want anything. Yeah. And I did, yeah. And I just don't want anything to do. So I don't know everything that's going on. And I mean, I'm sure that if I wanted to, I can actually just research it and, and yeah. look it up. So I, I don't know. And it's a bummer because I don't, Batman Earth One, not so much, but three jokers. Three jokers See, is the one that is because not only do I want to know that story. Yeah. Not only is it because I want to read everything that Jeff Johns does. Plus, I'm a huge, I mean, a huge fan of Jason Fabok. Yeah. So it, it's, I, I don't know, man. I, See, I, I honestly it, it, don't know. It's so, it's so weird to think about because right now in my uh, Fanboy Comics podcast, podcast um, I've made a schedule for myself. So I'm not reading the exact same book every single week. And a lot of them right now actually are going to be Jeff Johns titles. Uh, Justice League New 52. Um, I'm going to be reading Green Lantern Rebirth. I'm going to be reading uh, uh, freaking Flash Rebirth. And I'm also going to be reading Teen Titans. I mean, and those are all, like, amazing. I... (laughs) And, I think it's, and, it's just one thing, of those things that I don't feel like I should like judge until well, we actually know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, a lot of people forget the sentiment of innocent until proven guilty, but we still want to take the allegations seriously. We want Absolutely. to, like, the people that are coming up, you know, up front with these things. Uh, we don't want to discredit them whatsoever, and you know, because we think that it is a good thing. That people are moving, are coming forward. And I said this in the Batman News Weekly podcast with Juice. I said that I would never demand anybody come forward because it's not right for them to come forward when they're not ready. So anybody who has had something uh, that is completely on them to do whenever they feel is necessary. because I, I think it would be just even more dirty and disgusting to force people to to do that just so he could leave Hollywood, you know. But I hear, I mean, and and that's and I mean, you're you're pretty consistent with that because I mean, one of the biggest things that you hated about the Superman reveal was that Lois actually, without telling Clark, told Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. So like, I I understand like your your that, sentiment. That's, that's totally yeah. my sentiment here. Yeah. yeah and and you know. It's it's odd because you said okay it's it's hard for me to to read Green Lantern Rebirth and, and Flash Rebirth. The way I chop it up now is I've read a lot of good stories with a lot of crappy art, and I just 
I just chop Ethan Van Skyver as a disgusting artist now. Like, his his mm-hmm. art's not good to me uh, in that sense. And so I'm able to read Jeff Johns' stories. But now, if this comes out and comes true, I feel like I'm going to have to be like, I'm going to wipe the table clean on my podcast and choose some other books to read. And yeah. uh, it kind of sucks, dude. Uh, it sucks because never meet your heroes. Uh, for one, unfortunately, we saw yesterday as well, um, somebody who used to be in the limelight because of Superman, uh, is not the smartest person right now, and is not the most liked person right now, (laughs) that whole Dean Cain thing, and, uh, Tom Keen came out and set him straight with it, and I loved it, and it was awesome, but, uh, but to get back with this whole Jeff Johns thing, uh, you know, a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people say that he is a great writer that just made a lot of mistakes going to Hollywood. And, I mean, in that case, I would have to chop it up to, you gotta make the, like, you gotta make some mistakes, just these mistakes are the wrong mistakes, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I I, I understand, well, not not so much like the Ray Fisher stuff. Um, but I'm saying, hey, there's creative differences all the time. So that's why I don't – I am not – although, dude, I am pro Snyder Cut. I think we say that already. Yeah. But I'm not going to hate Jeff Johns just because he wasn't meshing with Snyder. Yeah, and we've and we've talked about that before. Yeah, so we, I'm not we, – We were always able to separate the comics from the Hollywood stuff. I mean, even though, I mean, Jeff Johns hated the New 52 concept. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, so that's why it's like I'm I'm okay like that stuff. That's that's life. Um, the the other stuff. I mean, if he was enabling with Berg the Ray Fisher stuff and you know some of those. Ter- I mean, I don't listen to Grace Ray- Randolph, but uh, I don't remember who DM'd me the picture of what. Oh no, you you sent me the text. Yeah, the Grace so Randolph. Because the- I went on I went on that guy Jason whatever. Uh, to figure out, like, wait, what, what's he talking about? And then when I saw who he was replying to, it was to Grace Randolph with with some sources that she has in yeah. regards to... Yeah, there. well, yeah. the the big thing was, and I didn't know this as well, uh, Joss Whedon has had a history of not-so-great things with women. And uh, there was apparently something really big uh, several years ago uh, about his wife, he cheated on his wife, and that became a big thing. And well, she's the one that kind of like completely ratted him out and yeah, told him like, I, "I'm like this guy I, just plays this." I didn't know that like at all. And yeah. then uh, I showed you that screenshot where apparently he locked Gal Gadot inside of a room and said, "Hey, if you don't do this scene, you're done in Hollywood." Type thing. And uh, thankfully. Uh, he has no merit because she is still in Hollywood and people love her. And but she like they had to use her body double, and her yeah. body double commented on that thread where uh, Ray said, "I would like to retract. I would like to forcefully retract every word in this statement." Video. Uh, she said, "LOL, same." And apparently. She was the one who had to step in for Gal in that scene where Urza falls on her chest. Hmm. And it's it's just, it's weird, it's awkward. Um, it's apparently a fetish that Joss has in his movies because it happened 
Age of Ultron as well. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, I mean, that kind of humor is kind of done with. We we don't really need it anymore kind of thing, you know? Uh, I don't think we ever needed it. But it was something, it's, it's very old school, I feel like. Old school Hollywood. Yes, it is. And, you know, so a lot of people are like, yes, get get Joss Whedon out of Hollywood, but really reflect on Johns and Berg to really see what happened there. If they're, cause the, everybody's like, Oh, well enabled. What does enabled mean? Yeah. And I mean, Berg didn't help himself with that idiotic that state, statement. That, uh, that statement, the, the, that the was whole, like the whole booyah thing. Yeah, yeah. He was mad because we wanted him to say booyah, which is like a really popular saying. What? in teen times go. Well, like the but, but, the, but the even big... so, I mean, I'm just like you're. Yeah, I mean, that's not something. Uh, I don't, man. Well, he. A he lot of people are saying. Bit. A lot of people are saying. Why would he call Whedon like all these different things? And... Gross, inappropriate for yeah. for for Booya. I highly doubt. That. Exactly, exactly. And so I told everybody who was commenting on that. I said, you know what the word gaslighting means, and. I hear it a lot now because my wife is listening to a podcast uh, with a therapist, or I think a psychologist, uh, and she just recently had an episode on gaslighting. And it's this sentiment basically where you basically make the person that argues against you, uh, you make them look like they're crazy, basically. Okay. Like in in layman's, layman's terms, you're just like... Turning the conversation onto them, making their statements seem very little and exaggerated sometimes. Yeah. And that's what Berg did with Fisher. He's like, oh, uh, what? No. Nah, uh, I'm pretty sure he was just angry at Booyah. Like, I, th- I think that's... I- I'm pretty sure that's all that happened. Yeah. And I, I think that's not cool. Um, I think it might have made matters worse. I was expecting, you know, there to be more than one person to come out since then. Nothing has happened yet. Uh, but I feel like this is just kind of like the beginning, you know? Yeah, it's, it, I mean, and yes, we're, and we are going to talk comics. Well, comic. Um, but, I mean, it's one of those things that are just scary because, I mean, I think, I don't remember who it was, but I think now even like Jim Lee is getting attacked. Because as being a co-publisher, he's kind of like had this and it's just been, you know, he's just let it sweep itself under the rug. And now I think somebody is bringing, um, uh, because I remember the the dude from Bleeding Cool. This lady like screenshotted a DM that the guy from Bleeding Cool wanted to run oh, her story. Yeah, and yeah. she was like, screw you. You guys lack integrity and all that kind of stuff in regards yeah, to, I, just, I, I guess, just in rec- one of these. Yeah, it was I like one of these private cons. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a private con- one of these conventions where Jim Lee is not really at like a normal booth. If you want to see Jim Lee, you got to do one of those, you know, pay 99 bucks. You know, you can get like three or four things signed, you'll get a signed poster and like a uh, a selfie. Yeah. Um and it just so happened that it looks like this lady when she walked up to him, she had like four questions and all of them had to or some of them had to do in regards to Eddie Berganza, who used to be the editor of Superman. And mm-hmm. when all these allegations came, he actually got promoted. And it only took, you know, the fire to get worse and worse and worse for them, for DC, DC to finally decide to fire him. Well, it looks like this, this lady had questions. And when she handed the paper to Jim, 
it was one of those things where just two guards forcefully removed her from there. But she never got to keep the paper. Jim had the paper. No one, like, no one knows what happens. So, I mean, it just kind of seems where, I don't know, man, it's just everywhere. I mean, we, and now it's, I mean, luckily, I mean, Scott Lobdell seems to be, he's done with DC. Uh, with, I mean, issue 50 of uh, Red, oh. Red Hood and the Outlaws is done. But it's just, I don't know, there's just a lot of these things are, like, cracking down. Well, did you see that people are also, like, attacking him? Oh yeah, that. but I mean, but they've always attacked him because those stories have been well. No, no, no. Been out for a while. He, he has allegations of misconduct. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. With females I, at cons, everywhere. I did yeah. not know. I didn't know that until his announcement, and I was like, "Oh snap!" Because no, people, no, no, people no, no. were that, retweeting it like right then and there. That's why I stopped reading Red Hood. Wow. And Red Hood was one of my favorite rebirth stories. Yeah. I was like, God, friggin', like I, uh, I mean, I know it's hypocritical because. I read Flash Forward, but mm-hmm. that's just the comic book selfish part of me, and you know that that's on me. Yeah. But yeah, I stopped reading Red Hood for well for that reason. Um, but now that I know that Flash Forward was a waste of time, I wish I didn't read that one either. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It just things like a lot of things are cracking down. I mean, all this stuff is happening a month before Fandom. Like it's gonna and and a lot of people are like questioning. Are they going to sweep it under the rug, or are they going to remove John's like panel? And you know, uh, Juice made a good point on Batman is Weekly. You know, he said it, they are in complete control whenever it comes to the virtual cons, so they can disable comments, they can disable like all sorts of things, so that way John's can be protected one hundred percent. But would that be the best? You know, like is. Because if you were to have a panel, a virtual panel, where people can comment and be like, hey, you know, and ask random questions and say well, things. Well, I think, I think that's why they're having people submit questions. questions. Yeah. I wonder how many people are submitting questions about Jeff Johnson. Oh, no. I'm sure there's going to be a bunch. I mean, yeah. especially with every – just with the Snyder cut. I mean, there's going to be yeah, stuff true. going on there. So it's – I mean, it's crazy times right now. I mean, I just – Man, just yeah, DC's DC's all over the place. It's it's too bad that it's just happening to. I mean, this dude formed my fandom. <laughs> I am literally I am literally a DC Comics fan because of Jeff Johns. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, he, I, I am. He was totally... really big in Fifty Two, right? The first. Book well, yeah, yeah. Read. I mean, but my it's just that my first dude, my first love in comics is is Marvel. Yeah. So Marvel, I thought Marvel was much more enjoyable than just maybe maybe because Fifty Two and Civil War. I mean, I think I was just getting into a better event. Yeah, probably. Maybe, yeah. I think that's what it was. But when I started doing the oh man, I'm liking comics. Let me start doing back issues, and then I just started from the one year later. Well, actually, from Infinite Crisis forward. Yeah. I mean, all the stuff that I'm reading, the big stories, Jeff Johns, Infinite Crisis. Jeff Johns, fifty-two. Jeff Johns, Green Lantern, and I'm like, oh my god, this guy is, this guy's like amazing. And then you know, you you just start reading other stuff that he's done, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like it, it's so. I, I I don't know what to think if this is if that's the case. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like, I don't know. I I honestly I don't I don't know how to process this. Um. And I don't want to say something without actually thinking about it because 
in these times, I mean, every, it's just very sensitive times, and you need to be careful with what you say. For sure. For yeah. sure. But, uh, dude. Superman. Earth 1. Earth Uno. Volume 1. Volume 1. It was so good to open this book again. It it was, but <laughs> I, I think, like, reading the book, there's... I have, like, revelations in regards to... This book has been... I mean, when did this book come out? 2010? 2000... Uh, I know we looked it up. It was like 2010 to 2012 or something like that. Yeah, I, uh, I, want, I want to say it was 2010. So this has been 10 years since I've read. This is not like, you know, a year and a half or two year difference oh, between s- Green Lantern. Same, same. Yeah. Same, 10 years. So I remember this book being just epic like in epic proportions it felt very cinematic uh that that's how i remember reading the story now you know 10 more years of experience reading comics jumping into it i was like okay this book is still fun and i liked it but this book is not as well constructed as i remembered it okay i can see that criticism I can definitely see it. Uh, now, now, will, the, now, the reason why I'm saying that is I love the beginning. So arc good. one, arc one, just perfect. Dude, I, let me just say, let me just say, I think by the mid-arc one, I turned on the Man of Steel soundtrack while I was reading this. And and you know what? I, I think it fits. I mean, you could just put the ideal of hope and it just, it works. All the way through, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It was so fun. Um, I don't know if they will ever release this episode, but I sent our friends Chris and Jordan a uh, audio drama clip of the first four pages of this book, everything voiced by me. Um, I was bored, and I really wanted to work on it. It took me about like an hour and a half, uh, but... I did like the cityscape, the train, like everything. And so, what, so what you're saying is that we need to add this at the end of this episode. Um, I don't know if I have it here on this computer. Oh, I might. I might have it on this computer. Boo have, you, man! I would really have to search for it. I, okay. I would really. But I sent it to Chris and Jordan because they were going to do this thing uh, where they were going to like. They're like, "Hey, yeah, send whatever you want." Uh, and we'll do this like bonus, like crazy episode because there is uh, another listener that did a Green Arrow one, like okay. kind of like wrote it himself type thing. And I remember the first like part of this book being awesome, and I did it with the theme of Man of Steel on it, and it just sounded great. I absolutely love it. Um, the very first pages of him on the train. And that conversation with Ma, mm-hmm. that is very much the conversation with him. And like, it's it's so crazy how we tend to put Ma Kent on the wayside in a lot of stories because it's always Paul Kent that's giving him the life lessons. Yes. Um, so to have her in that spot with Jonathan Kent already passed away, mm-hmm. um. I enjoyed it. 
like not not that I enjoyed like death or anything, but I no, no, in, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I enjoy and, and, and I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, and I, I think, enjoy I think the difference in it. Yes, a father is instrumental to their sons, mm-hmm. but I mean, I think moms are crucial. Oh like, yeah, more 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 so. Like I'm a total mama's boy, <laughs> and I mean, I like you know now raising a son, I see the importance of. You know, I see the importance of what moms bring to their child, and when I when I see these stories, I mean, it just makes me appreciate Ma so much more. Yeah. Um. Because, I mean, I feel like she is like the embodiment of hope for Clark. Yeah. And and all of that that you see, because I I loved. To me, it, I loved the journey. And I think one of the reasons why I love it is because it shows, like, there's a good enough because of this 120-page or so format. You get to see the journey on why is it that he's hesitant to embrace this 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 destiny. Because yeah. normally, I mean, we, we get these, but we get them in such small spurts. Because in a random ongoing, you need to advance the story quickly. Yeah, you... I mean, people always talk about how, oh, you know, in Superman, he needs to have the suit on at least once every issue. Or in action, it needs to have a little bit more Clark than Superman. And in things like this, you're able to kind of extend that because of the story. It helps a lot. Yeah. And I I just want to say, my favorite part of this entire book, this entire graphic novel, is the career choices that Clark made. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. His journey to, like, wanting to become a professional football player, then working at a uh, at a research facility, mm-hmm. and then he became an architect, and then you see this awesome splash page of him, like, uh, being a baseball player, yep. and it's, it's just like, that is cool. And... It's something that you would never see in main continuity because the biggest life lesson that both Ma and Pa throw into his head is, yeah, you have these powers, but you can never use it for self-gain. Yeah, which you saw the self-gain version of it a lot like in Frank Miller's Year One. Yes. Yeah, like you saw it taken more advantage of there here it was done a lot more delicately mm-hmm. um i love the fact that you could see like okay the athleticism but you can also see like this clark is very smart yes and it and it shows that and i and i love that um i i, I love the feel i mean i i will say that okay shane shane davis's art and you know just to give kudos yes this is j michael Straczynski, uh is is the writer with uh pencils by shane davis Inks by Sandra Hope, and colors by Barbara, oof, Siando. I'm I'm butchering. And Rob Lay is on is on on letters. Yeah. Um. So the art to me, I'm gonna say is again, it's very dynamic. It's very very cinematic. Yes. Um. I think that I enjoyed much more the. For some reason, I enjoyed more the grounded version of Shane Davis. More than the action, um, but I think there's ver- there's times that you can definitely sense 
the intensity of you know the magnitude of what happens later between Clark yeah. and Tyrell. You definitely notice it, um, but I I don't know if it's more because a lot of these big action sequences you're you're seeing it in a very close you're seeing it very close up yeah, instead of that's, more. That's that's one that's one of the biggest criticisms that I have is everything. I, I feel like that everybody. I feel like Skrikinski wanted so much detail in the expressions on Clark's face that uh, that's what hindered them as far as their panel layout and their and their so. structure. Yeah, because it, it, it felt very much like, okay, I want you to know this is Clark's story. Don't worry about Metropolis. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about this. I, so... To me, I mean, again, it, I I felt like it worked perfectly fine at the beginning, and I and I truly did enjoy it. Um, it was just the more the story came on, and I think like that's to me when things started to to like fall apart in the story a little bit. I think it's just I felt that Tyrell came by, he came very quick and out of nowhere. So I, I felt like if we missed, like if after Clark was uh, was like zapped and he yeah. was like unconscious, I felt like if that was like the end of the issue, like if you see when Perry's like mother of God, like if that should have been the end of an issue and then there was one thing missing because out of nowhere, it it kind of felt like when Zod was coming, but we at least had an introduction of Zod. You know, when the he was on the TV, the, yeah. you know, with, like, the TVs he took over, letting, letting I mean, you know, the, like, an impending they threat. They try to do this here. They tr- they they do it, like, very, very simply, because uh, they do end up showing him on the robot's TV screen, and I think, well, actually, he is broadcast all over the place, because he says... Well, he, know, he is broadcasting, but it's like, destruction has already happened... Yeah, and, but it's kind of like his third is just I won't kill you, un- unless it's necessary. But like a b- whole bunch of craziness has already happened instead of that being. True. So I, I feel like I'm like whoa, wow, okay. So again, I guess it's just taste. Yeah, you know. And I got I got to be honest. Uh, I I have to see with Sandra Hope if she did. I don't know if you ever read like Matt Fractions work on Iron Man, Invisible Iron Man, when he had, Uh, like, Salvador La Roca doing art. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because a lot of these colors, when you're seeing, like, Tyrell's work, it has, like, those same colors where it looks kind of, I don't know, it's like a matted gloss, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, matted matted and gloss does not, I mean, I think I'm doing a horrible description. Um, But I feel like those colors, it... There's, it's very similar where I feel like I'm looking at Davis, but with a La Roca feel, mm-hmm. and I don't know, man. I I gotta say, like I appreciated it in the beginning in this in this volume that Lois, not Jimmy, Jim and Perry were there. You got a taste of who they are, but they were treated as supporting characters, and I like that they were just a supporting cast. Um. And they kind of, you know, they just played, they played a role where, you know, they're in, they're in this world, but they did not take away from what the, the, what the story is. Yeah, it, this, because this is, is a, journey. yeah, it's a clerk Superman story. And yeah. I mean, I loved it. 
uh, I love the the uh, the fact that like Jimmy or Jim uh, is kind of the person to show that there's no fear. Yeah, especially like in his picture taking, because y- you know people can 100% say, "Oh, that would totally be Lois." Yes, but you wouldn't expect it from Jim. Yeah. From from everything we have read in main continuity comics and everything else, Jimmy would be the person to be like, "Okay, I'm going to get the picture and then get the hell out of there." And to kind of prove like, "Hey, no, like we we fight for the truth at our paper." And I'm going to stick here as long as I can to get the truth. Uh, I mean, it showed heart for a character that we haven't really seen a whole lot of heart in. Uh, Absolutely. Or, or at least given the opportunity to show a lot of heart. Uh, because I, I know Jimmy has heart. It's it's That is simple. But to see that and to see how much Jimmy wanted to help this random person. You know, Superman. And, you know... For him to almost get crushed by the red sunlight, and then lo- him and Lois having to get the truck and and get Superman out of there, um, I felt like that one page where you see Superman get back up, his anatomy was really weird. They drew him very weird in that pose right next to uh, Jimmy and, and Lois, but it worked out. Like I I, I don't know it, it just. It had that moment of like, yes, he's here. He's going to kick some ass. But at the same time, you look at it and it's like, why is he standing like that? No, no. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but dude, I, I, I just couldn't stop thinking through reading this. I was like, if this book would have come out after Man of Steel, do you know how much crap he would have gotten from it? Like... This is like so familiar, like with it. Ha- it has a lot of themes, and and I think with David Goyer, because I think David Goyer, who was one of the co-writers for Man of Steel, he he did mention that they did receive inspiration from this book, and I think it, and it shows. Uh, these are one of the few times that I'm like I truly believe that the movie did it better. Yeah, and I and I agree with the creative choices that that uh, that Zach did, Zach and Co. Uh, but yeah, the, I mean the themes, the tones. I mean the the pacing, very similar because you get a lot of the front and the backs. You get a lot of the reflection. You have in this story, you have like those flashbacks of Pa while having Ma be in the present. Yeah. So you know you have those moments, and and I can totally. I do want to read like the first act again, and I do want to put like that ideal of hope because I, I do feel like man that I feel like that will add on a whole nother level to the reading. Yeah, yeah. But what well, what did you think of? I mean, again, this I know this is not canon. But did you like the? Did you like Tyrell being and his people being the the Rogalzars? The well, I mean. Yes, you can say Rogozars, but I would even say they are the Daxamites of this. Okay, that, that, I think that's better. Because, I mean, the way y- you really learn about the Daxamites is that they were also a... Uh, I don't know if they were a sub-city uh, outside of 
they were yeah they're like a like a subsidy. I think they were on. I think they were on Krypton, but they were a subsidy. Yes, yes. But this makes it sound like oh, these are very much like the Daxamites because we all know from you know just random stuff that you know from the past that the Daxamites and Kryptonians were not very you know friendly towards each other. They, they, they weren't buds. They were they were they were not good people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And in here no we we learned this story about how every 20 years the planets would get close enough for them to fight. Yeah. And that's a really interesting concept. And to that's, to that's like, like a, that could be go, a really cool story. To go planetary and be like, "You know what? Those MFers, we're going to we're going to train for 20 years." And then they're going to come close to us. We're going to cross space to go to their planet and attack them. And it's just so crazy to think about. It really, really is. And so Tyrell, a uh, really crazy design, to be honest. Because he is this muscle of a man. But then you see he has wings. And then he has a tail. And it's kind of all over the place. It it is it is nuts, but there are moments that his design, the way that Davis portrays it, he looks amazing. Yeah, and then no, there's I'm, other I'm and then there's others this. that you're like, Man, this dude is corny. Uh yeah. so it you're have you have like that I don't know, it's kinda of like that little duality of feelings where you're like, Man, I don't know I mean, overall I'm just gonna say he's bleh. Because that's where I fall more, uh, more along the lines of like, okay, he's he's all right. Like I I don't find him like okay, this is going to be a guy that cracks the top ten. But then there's moments that I don't know. I just look at him and I'm like, dang, this guy. I mean, it, this it guy's would, awesome. It would be a ten year old pool, but how would you feel if Tyrell was in main continuity? After reading it now. I mean, I, I I think that he would be a formidable foe. I mean, this, I mean, Tyrell. I can see, especially if he has an army similar to this. I mean, and especially being cosmic. I mean, he is he could potentially be up there with the likes of like a Brainiac. Yeah. So I mean, I I believe that he he could be that. I think that. I mean, I would I would prefer if there's a little bit of a redesign. But I gotta say, when you're seeing him, there's one shot that when you see him giving a command to his AI system, and it's one of those like ground level shots that are like yes, zooming that's, up. That's the one I was looking at just now. It's, like that, that, that you, shot. Uh, you turn the page, and it's the one where he actually like ends up like backhanding Superman. But yes. the, but the one before that, that's the exact picture I was looking at when you were just complimenting and that, and that on image his... right there I'm like this dude is formidable yes he is like somebody that I would love to see more of but then you just see other other picks and it's like okay um but yeah man oh overall man I I, I did enjoy this now, the question that I have with you is what did you think of Shane Davis and the way he draws Superman. I I remember when I first read it, I was like, wow, this is one scrawny Superman. Like back in 2010. Back no, in no, 2010. I, I yeah, was I like I was like this is like a small dude. Especially I'm like, Superman looks like he's 5'7". 
when <laughs> he looks like Zach Efron, like he's gonna be like five three, just ripped. <laughs> I I'm just imagining freaking uh 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 what's his name Stallone just wearing a Superman suit. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, or like Cruz or something. Just but but no, uh, this first page when you see. Clark putting on the suit, you know, talking about, you know, the flashback with his mom and his dad about what he should be named and everything else. And then you turn the page and you see the sh- the the splash page. Like you're like that looks awesome. He's in his suit, but then your second thought is why is he so scrawny? Like that is yeah. your second thought. And I just when- don't remember was he does Shane Davis do Volume Two, or is that when they went to Adrian Seif? I don't know. I know I know Seif did three. I just don't remember if he did two because I don't know if this is just in a way of them trying to show Clark being young, and then we got a little bit more the older he got of the you know Kansas farm boy, and we got that bigger you know the bigger chest, yeah, and that kind of stuff. But in that picture, man, it's till this day it still bothers me. Where I mean, I I will be honest. I prefer when I'm looking at Clark. I'm like, you know what? I like Clark's hair better, in in certain versions. Yeah. But I think his hair looks better than how they show most. But then there's others that I'm just like, oh man, like you know, I don't during like this during at all. during the action, it's hard to see. Like honestly, um. I will be honest. There's one moment, like right after you see the splash page, uh, the very the second panel after where he like slams to the ground. Yeah, I legitimately thought when I first saw that promo image, I thought he was wearing blue jeans. <laughs> I was like, "What? What is going on?" But, yeah, uh, it just lo- it just looks weird. But during a lot of the action scenes, it you're you're just so focused on the action, and so you're like, okay. You know, this looks good. Like, there's a moment where uh, Tyrell smashes Superman, and then Superman is able to flip and then, like, push himself off of a building. And that pose where he's, like, almost like Spider-Man, like, on the wall. I was like, dude, that's cool. You know? But I didn't even recognize any of, like, the the detailed art in there. I was just like, I just saw the moment, and I'm like, okay, let's move forward. The one problem I have with the way Shane J... Davis drew Superman. There's a point where Tyrell cuts Superman's neck. Mm-hmm. Clark ages like 40 years in that instant. Like, there's so many wrinkles in his face. His dentures are about to fall out. Like, it's just, it just looks really bad. And it took me out of it a little bit, like, immediately when I saw it. I was like, ugh, that's, that's rough. It's super yeah. rough. But, I mean, I like the design of the suit. I'm not sure if I like the design of Superman. You know? Yeah, like his like his figure. And and but I, I have to be honest, I, I don't know um I don't know exactly how much time or if this is a book that was rushed because I do feel that once a lot of these action sequences started to die down and we were getting now to like that finale, it looks like the quality of the art completely crashed. I, I feel that Clark, uh, I mean, not even so much, but I mean, if you're looking at the Clark from page two to the Clark of 
the battle's over, and now Clark is walking through the aftermath of Metropolis. No. It is. I'm, I feel like I am looking at a completely different character. I'm not even talking about the horrible smile at the end of the book. Oh my god! Do, look at the page where Clark puts on the glasses for the first time. No, that no, no, is, no, no. That's, that, that's what I'm that, talking about. The, the smile. That is that is me on my freshman year yearbook. Like that is rough. It's it's one of the so I don't that that's the thing I don't know what was going on at the end of the book where I'm just like, like oh my god why is if, this if you if you look at the pages of him like looking in the mirror and then you look at the page where he actually has the glasses on his nose actually deforms the well entire I mean it way. happens again even when you have um, when you have like Jimmy with Clark interacting with Lois and then Jimmy's kind of like talking and making a joke. I think he says like, welcome to, welcome to the psycho house or hold on. Where is it? Welcome to the asylum. And you see Clark saying thanks. And he has that smile again and he just looks off. I don't, I don't know how to picture it. Um, It just feels extremely weird. Um, I just now noticed that uh, when, Perry is, you know, kind of happy with where the paper's going at right now, and then you just start seeing, like, civilians talking about, I guess, Superman. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of surprised that the number one looks exactly like Dan DiDeo. Oh, well, the thing is, the reason why, if you read in the very beginning of the book, let me go back, uh, MJS says, uh, dedications, if you're experiencing... He says, "Oh yeah, he did dedicate it to uh, Dideo. It is, I don't it is I don't dedicated also. To, it is also uh, to DC's Dan Dideo, who allowed this kid from New Jersey to finally realize the dream of a lifetime." Well, yeah. So he used them there. So I was like, "Oh, that was a cool little." But it, it's, you know, it, it's weird when you're looking at when I'm looking at the sketchbooks at the end of the book. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow, there are so many different, different, better, like better versions of Clark that you did not use," and I felt <laughs> like, "Wow, you really, you really missed the mark on that." And then, I mean, you see that beautiful sketch of kind of like a, I guess you would say like one of the promo pics, the the one that I teased on Twitter. Yeah, and I'm just like, "Wow, like that looks like the Superman." I mean, he look at the chest, like he, that's him. That's not who we got. No. No. So, I mean, I feel like that's Cavill, but we ended up getting, like... No, no, see, the way I would see it, it's Cavill, but what we got is the random picture of Cavill that you always see every few years of him in the Christopher Reeve suit. That's what we got. Yeah. Something like... (laughs) Yeah, but no, but... Okay, yes, but... But he he lost his legs in an accident, and now he's at his <laughs> knees. Because, bro, Superman looks like he's five foot two. I'm sorry, this is like Tom Cruise in like Days of Thunder or, or, or Top Gun. So I'm I'm just not I'm not oh, used to a four man. I'm not used to a four eleven Superman. When promo pics are showing me, you know, a dude that's six five, like two sixty five. It. I mean, overall, it's a it's a good story. Um, it is. It is. It had a really a lot of nice beats to it. Um, uh, you learn, you know, you get to learn along with Clark, like what he's fighting for. Um, 
it's weird that he has like a genetic bio relationship with his ship. Yeah. That was one thing. It's almost like the Codex. Um, mm-hmm. The Codex instead is the actual ship, basically. Yeah. So uh, that was very interesting as well. Well, I mean, but those are the things that I like with Earth One. Yeah. Add the wrinkles, you know what I mean? Like, add something different to it. Um, but to me, I think with Earth One reading it again, this to me felt more along the lines of, and I think it was a little bit with story, um, a big part of it was art. But to me, I read this book and my end was more along the lines of, like, I guess how people felt, those who did not like Man of Steel, which was, I liked Acts 1 and 2, 3 just got out of hand. I don't okay. agree with that yeah. movie-wise, but I feel I can agree with the sentiment of Acts 1 and 2, dug it, 3 started to get out of hand Yeah, with this book. Yeah. But overall, it was still a very – it was an enjoyable experience. But also, I just, I just want you to take for just a moment. It's been 10 years. Look at where we started with MJS's Volume 1. And look at the most recent volume two of Green Lantern. Is this the same world? Like, and it might be like, that's how majestic Superman is. So it's kind of bombastic. But you look at Green Lantern and you're like, this feels like this. And I know that he wanted to go for like an aliens type tone, but it's just like, I would really love to see everybody meet up, like at this point, because of how different everybody is. I am totally down for a Justice League Earth One. Yes, totally down. I don't know who I would want to write it though. I, but I, I honestly wouldn't be able to tell you. Like now, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I, I would really like to try out. Because MJS recently did a comic for TKO, I think it's called the, the yeah. Publisher. He's got he's he's got a, he's got a new one that called just came out. like the Resistance or something like that. I would like to see where he's at writing wise there, and see if he would be willing to come back for a Justice League. But I don't know. Like I'm, I'm trying to think. Maybe. Maybe, because he wouldn't have the restrictions of the main continuity. Maybe give Venditti a try. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, like, I I would want to choose... I would want a writer that's not known for doing ongoings. Yeah. I I think that would be... Like, give me, like, a Brad Metzler. Ooh, yeah. Like, something along the lines where... Because there, there's something about the Earth One books that feel very, either very like movie ready or kind of like, like a novel. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm reading a novel with how. Pictures. How about because he's shown that he can think out of the box, even though he made something quite controversy. What if Azarello? I'm always down for Azarello. <laughs> I mean, I am one. I mean, just. Have Superman flying naked. Have the, the <laughs> only only the cape. I don't care. It's just, uh, it's just. 
I'm I'm always down Azarello, but I'm trying to think like if I'm thinking outside the box, like a Brad Metzler, like I would be totally down. I mean, just like what he did with like Identity Crisis and stuff like that. Yeah, give it to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, God, when's the I, last time he wrote for DC? Is that like? I I I think he did. Some, I don't. I don't. I I don't know why I'm thinking this, but I don't know if he did something for the Action Comics 1000. I feel like I remember him doing something Ashen Comics 1000. Maybe. Or he's done something in like an annual or he's done something recently, but it was just kind of like a like would, a little thing. You know what? I'm I'm on board for that. Met, Meltzer on on Justice League Earth 1, I'm down for it. I'm yeah, totally down some, for it. Something like that. Um I mean, shoot, like a even like a Brian Vaughn do that, but I feel like he might make it a little weird, more weird than what I would want. Yeah, like yeah, Brian K. Vaughn, he's he's out there, but I, I it could be good. Um, I mean, ideally, like if they were able to make something work, man, like if I had to think of like a a Marvel guy, like I would love to see like a Jason Aaron touch it, um, but. You know, but if if not, I, I think like my mind. You know, I'm she, like, you know, she's been a little bit of a miss, or or I would I would say too, uh, she's been a little bit of a miss recently. But she has had some great stories. Uh, Kelly Thompson, I would I would give her a chance with Justice League. Well, what has she done? Uh, recently, she did. Um, is she is she Marvel? Yes. Okay, uh, that might be she, why I don't. She did Captain Marvel. Um, she did, uh... Oh, is she the one that turned Captain Marvel, like, w- like with a redesign with the short hair that everybody loved that run? Yeah. Yeah, I remember a lot of people spoke really highly of them. Um, but also, just because we've recently spoken really highly of her in DC, what about Kelly Sudakonic doing Justice League? I am, I am pro KSD. <laughs> yeah, or, or even, um... Well, now she's uh, Takara. Now she's taking over uh, Wonder Woman, which I'm finally excited to get back to Wonder Woman. Oh my I mean, gosh! Did you see those pictures with Mikhail Janin? Yeah, it looks, it looks great. It looks gorgeous. Oh my god! It, it, lo- looks, it looks so really good. good. It looks so um, good. So I'm I mean, excited that one, for a Wonder Woman comic for like the first time in years. Yeah. So I mean, it's really yeah. Takara is somebody that I'm really. I mean, her 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 ongoing. I mean, I'm about like ten issues behind behind but monstrous is freaking amazing yeah yeah so i mean i have i have like the hardcover like the volume one monstrous is hard to get into though i will admit like it was hard to kind of jump into it's weird it's weird yeah i I figured you with an anime manga well the thing is i i but this is like supernatural also so i jumped in midway i did not go back oh no 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 beginning so i was like what is going on no these (laughs) are this is too I, 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 wa- I want to go back and, and read it from the beginning. Um, there was rumors of her like doing some sort of TV or movie deal with Monstrous, so uh, that would be interesting. Yeah, but, that's, uh, a, that's a good book. But uh, we are getting new books today, hopefully, like in the next like that's right, it's five hours. Uh, so that'll be fun. And I believe. Did you ever get the chance to read that Harley Quinn book? The the red, black, and... Or the white... Black, white, and red? The issue number one? No, like the digital firsts? Yeah. No. 
I will say that first. I, chapter, I, I got to be honest. Like I've been. That first chapter is a direct sequel to Sajik's Harleen. Is it's, it? It's only nineteen pages, but it's a direct sequel. Nice. Yeah. No, I haven't. I didn't. I dude. I think the last five days I have purchased about twenty carpets. And my wife has re- returned about eighteen because then she brings them to the house and she doesn't like it. Um, we're about I mean, on... I, gu- I guess that's how you do it, right? Instead of just buying one, don't like it, return the other one, and go. Well, through I, I, all I think 20. I, I, th- I think it's just like when you're at a, at a house at the size that we're getting it when we're only three people, um, and you know it's a, it's about like filling up space. We're trying to do it as economically, so we're doing a lot of like Amazon. Yeah, purchases and then are doing stuff like through stores and having them delivered because we don't feel like entering stores. Yeah. Um, and then so it's kind of like getting them delivered and you notice I'm like, oh, no, this is not the style I want. So it's just going shopping for your home. It's not very easy during a pandemic. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, recently, my wife just yesterday, my wife, because uh, I was off yesterday, my wife called me on her way to work or on her way home and she's like hey my order at michael's is ready so i'm gonna pick you up and we're gonna go get it i was like okay i don't know why you can't just go pick it up but i'll go with you and the person came in or came outside and it was like one of those you know those extra large bags like those stores have to hold like just an enormous amount of crap um my wife had bought like seven things of yarn and like she's like, okay, I'm ready for my project. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why do you need all this yarn? And she's like, oh, don't worry. The most expensive thing in this bag is only ten dollars. And I was like, oh, but what's the total of everything? She's like, that's not something you need to worry about. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, the cheap, the cheapest, th- the most expensive thing is ten dollars. But I only bought forty seven objects. <laughs> Uh, my, uh, Michael's overwhelms me. Like it, if my, like my wife, she has a cricket. I bought her a cricket. She loves doing see, the cricket. And my wife, Abby, wants a cricket so bad. And I think, hopefully, she can't hear me through that wall. Um, I think I'm gonna get her one. She doesn't listen to this podcast, so we're good. Um, All right. <laughs> uh, I think I'm probably gonna get her one pretty soon. So nice. Yeah. So I, I got. Yeah. So I got her one. But it's just one of those things. She's like, babe, okay, I need you to go to here. I need you to get uh, – we ran out of one of the sleeves. I need this for, like, the cup, and I need to iron the shirt. I'm like, babe, I don't know. Michaels – I hate Michaels. Never get us – we'll never get sponsored by them. But <laughs> I, I hate it. I go into that store. I smell potpourri. I just hate the place because I am not – I am – I don't like arts and crafts. Like, I'm so – I hate anything that has to do – with crafty stuff and that store just exudes it promotes oh, arts and crafts yeah so i go there and i'm like i i loathe you <laughs> michaels it's so it's, going there by myself it gets me for me like i was into the whole uh of course the spray painting stuff so i went in there to grab canvases and stuff and this little you can't see it because my mic's in the way of the camera but this little thing that i built uh for my dvds uh those little wooden crates i bought at michaels so, but I've, for me, I'm the kind of shopper that's like, hey, I'm gonna go here and I need this, this, and this. After I get those things, I'm out. My wife is like, okay, we're gonna go to the first aisle, and we're gonna look. Ugh. I don't need anything in the first aisle, but we're just gonna look. 
and we're going to go all the way through the store and grab what I need, but then we're going to go all the way through the other half of the store because I want to look. I'm like, yeah. why? Why? What? What is the? What is the purpose? Like, I understand window shopping. Like, I understand. I understand the concept. I don't understand the reasoning. You Oof. know? It's, yeah. It's 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 the worst, man. <laughs> um, um, people am... don't get married. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I I just I I can't stand it, man. I I have nothing nice to say about Michaels. Like. <laughs> Never have, never will. Um, but yeah, I don't know where we got off on a, on a Michael's tangent. But yes, overall, if you had to rate Superman Earth One, I know we don't, we forgot about our ratings. I mean, um, all over the place. What would you, know, you give it? I would give this book still um, seven point eight or eight. Like okay, after yeah. after reading it, like I think first time reading it, I would have been like. It's a nine or ten, like easily ten, ten. Um, but like you said, experience with you know reading a lot of comics uh, from from when I first read it until now. Um, not I'm, only that, not only reading a lot of books, but I think also just going back to the book and giving yourself that pre hype. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I love the story. Uh, some of the art is great. The colors are beautiful, uh, but. I need I needed to be realistic with how they like you said you know the the first arc was really fun um, second arc uh, great you know started to slow down a bit uh, but then the third act was kind of just like boom in your face yeah. and I understand that sentiment because like hey it's Superman you need to have something crazy going on to you know for his debut and. You know, here, it's just, like, I don't know. I, I, I still enjoyed it. Uh, I would never say this is a horrible book and don't read it whatsoever. Uh, I would encourage anybody to buy this book uh, just because of how good it is. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I would go 7.8. Yeah, I was 7.5. So. Uh, well, with that, of course, you can find us anywhere on Twitter. Uh, for me personally, it's uh, fanboy at fanboy clay uh, or uh, at fanboy comics podcast. Well, I f- almost forgot my own podcast. Uh, <laughs> and of course, we share the Twitter account, uh, the CB underscore Legion, the Comic Book Legion uh, uh, Twitter account. And of course, we are part of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Uh, go check them out. They have podcast for days. They have content that will last you hours. And I mean hours, especially now during the pandemic. I'm not sure if every state is reclosing, but here in Texas, we are closing again. I know California has already closed. Arizona has already closed. Uh, are you guys closing up again, or are y'all still good? Uh, well, North Carolina, they've they've mandated they've made it mandatory again that if you're going out, you need to wear masks. Okay. Because before it was something you know like strongly recommended. But it wasn't a mandatory thing because it, it got better. But since since the cases have started to get bad again, I mean, South Carolina is still like where I am. It's still like good. Like there, it's they live a completely different world over there because there's not many cases in that county. Yeah. Um. But where I live now, yeah, it's one of those like you know, if we go shopping in North Carolina, like you you have to wear a mask. You have no choice. Jeez. 
But um, Mark, where can they find you? You can find me at Mark Reads Comics because I read comics and I tweet sometimes. <laughs> I, honestly, I live in the DMs. So like that's usually where I have most of all my conversations. Um, but yeah, just so if you want to reach me, I mean, again, you can always put, you know, tag me. Uh, sometimes it gets lost in the shuffle because I'm either DMing with people or honestly, I'm just looking at sports stuff because I need sports into my life. I am, I'm going nuts knowing that right now is usually like we're close to like all-star break in baseball. I should at least have 80 baseball games in my system and I got zero. I'm going nuts. Uh, there's only so many classics I can watch. So yeah, I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm all over the place. Hey, you just but, have to make your new season in uh, MLB 2020. Yeah, I got to do I, – I follow a buddy uh, on Twitter. His name's Rich, and he he has MLB The Show, and he's literally just – and he's a huge Philadelphia Phillies fan. He just puts the game on, and he's just watching, like, the video game, and then he's been, like, tweeting, like, announcements. I'm like, oh, this was, these were the oh, results. I was going to ask, can you, like, put, like, an actual game together and then just, like, leave it alone? Because, oh yeah, it's it's kind of like if you're choosing if you choose a team, just don't put your remote that you want to be that team. Yeah, just have it be computer Cause, versus computer. Because I remember what me and my brother used to do with uh, with NFL Madden was when we used to play that game. Is when we wanted to waste a lot of time and there was no football on, we would put like actual time, like real time of the quarters and everything, mm. on there and just watch it. And we would cheer and like do all sorts of stuff. So that would be kind of fun to do with MLB. Yeah, that. I gotta. I I just, I mean, I already feel weird, like going on YouTube. I but I know these are just the days that yeah. we're in, where you're just like on YouTube, watching somebody play a video game because you might need help with like a gameplay or something like in a story. So it's like it it it's one of those things that I guess it like puts you in reality. Like when your wife is like, "Hey, babe, what are you doing?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm um watching a video game." Wait, are, are you playing a video game? Uh, no, I'm <laughs> I'm watching someone play a video game. <laughs> so I like it's it's like I guess like when you like break it down and it, you look at it, I'm like, wow, like, it's, that's it's, really it's weird. Def- it's definitely something that I had to explain to my wife whenever I used to do it a whole lot. Um, it's I mean, but it's the times, you know. Uh, yeah, that's that's, that's why they. Right. That's why there's a thing called esports, and they make millions yeah. of dollars off of it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So it's you know, it's like I see it now, and I and I can see like why my kid loves like looking at some of the things that he looks at. I'm like, all right, yeah, like I get it, but it's, I guess it's when for me, uh, maybe I don't know. Again, I was born 1985. I'm freaking old, so <laughs> um, yeah. So I I don't know. It's just I when i'm doing it i feel normal but it's like i guess when i'm getting reminded like wait wait so you're not even playing it you're watching someone play something that you could be playing i don't know so to me the 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 idea of putting a video game on computer versus computer and i am sitting down on my couch watching an actual computer versus computer video game i can't fathom but i i have a feeling like those are <laughs> like that might be something that i would love <laughs> but I, do, I don't see myself doing it. I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you know what? We'll leave this for the next for the next podcast. There's a little rumor coming out about Superman in comics, and I'll probably talk to you about it like right here when we get off. Oh of the show. God! I mean, Kevin. Ke- Kevin DM'd me. Oh God! 
What was it? The Authority? Yeah. Jesus Christmas. <laughs> that is horrible. <laughs> what the hell? We, uh, we can talk about I don't know. I, I guess we're talking about it now. Um, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll do it real quick because I think my wife is, is wanting to eat uh, breakfast soon. But, uh, but yeah, The Authority. What do you think about that? Like, somebody somebody just messaged me and said, if the rumor is true and Superman will be leading The Authority, it sounds like something that Bendis would dream up. And I'm just like, oh god, <laughs> dude! I, I I don't know, man. I that is, they are completely. Bendis was trying to do a 180 with the character and with his origin and everything that we know of him is pretty much a lie. To now putting him in charge of like the authority, where I mean, it, it sounds like something you would hear from like in an injustice story, where he's not necessarily tyrant, but he's like, oh, kill, it's all good, like. Whatever means necessary, um, it, it it very much feels like sometimes like a, a Jim Lee thing that Jim Lee is always trying to bring back Wildstorm. Uh huh. Um, but then I, I feel like this it could have been maybe a rumor, but I feel like I don't know if DC wants to do anything with like the Warren Ellis stuff right now, and that's kind of like something he was really known for. I, I I don't know. I mean, the Authority is a great was a great comic when it was read. Um, but to have Superman be like the blah, 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 blah. no yeah is... <laughs> yeah <laughs> God oh Jesus oh I I hope I... they're I hope they're not just throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks at this point like because it didn't work with what happened after Rebirth you know yeah you know, so... like all right guys five G's off the table what's the next idea oh let's put him you know leader of the Authority I like it this is like a in the office when no. Creed is now, like, the manager and he's trying to learn – he's no. trying to create acronyms. No. Do you know that meme where it's, like, the three people and they all give an idea and the guy throws the third guy out for saying something really stupid? I feel like yeah. that's this – that's what this is. Like, yeah. I mean, Well, I, he should have been thrown out, but it looks like he got promoted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You're such an outside-the-box thinker. I love it. <laughs> oh, God. Jesus. Oh, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on. DC's all messed up. Just it, fire everybody. Let's start. Let's start from scratch. I kind of want to. Like at this point, I just, I just, man, just get rid of everyone. It's, dude. It's gonna be weird. It. I, I will say because is this Jack, whole is Jack Kirby alive. Oh man, no? I wish. With this whole thing with metal, we have seen that it could last, or it's going to last until February, January or February. So we are probably not going to get anything new, like genuinely new for continuity and for stories until next year. Ugh. Ugh. It's it's a mess. It's a mess. Dude, with this metal thing, like I haven't even – I think uh, because the um, – because of how tired I was getting of the Batman who laughs, I feel like now he's dead. But I'm already tired of King Robin and I haven't even seen him. <laughs> and it's only be it's always because I've seen him in chains. Yeah. But now I mean although there is a really cool um there is a cool um uh Roberto or Rodrigo Federighi. He did like a a variant cover and he very much looks like Ozzy Osbourne. Like if oh, it was yeah. an Ozzy Osbourne cover. Yeah. Which, I saw that. It one. looks sweet, but I'm just like, "Oh god, I feel like I'm already tired of him." So I feel like this metal, maybe it's just the whole metal thing is Yeah. Uh, I I think that we, I mean, 
we came up to the conclusion in Batman News Weekly that Snyder is an event guy and not a relationships guy. So he doesn't write for the relationships of characters. He wants everybody well, he else did. to do it. He did. When? But he's just like in New Fifty in New Fifty Two. I mean the everything that he did with his Batman that was all relationship driven. I not I really. Felt- if you if you look back, if you read it again, read it again. They are it's a giant clip show, and the relationships are not really there. And the relationships, I do understand like what you mean that it felt like every story arc felt like an event because it was all large in scope. But if maybe maybe because it, it was much more grounded, because every 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 story arc was like twelve issues, yeah. So it felt large and it felt I don't know. I, I thought it felt very intimate. Um, I felt like once it got to rebirth, I was gonna say I don't think it gets intimate until the last arc. Like when you when you see Endgame, that is when it gets intimate. Really? Wow. Okay. And then, uh, of course, with the whole Gordon stuff, he plays a little bit off of what he had already done in with Batman prior, of course. But like, there's like, not. Do all... you do you find Black Mirror to be relationship driven? Uh. Or or. Not maybe relationship driven, but there's definitely that quality. There is the quality there, but most of that is done by Morrison. Hmm. Wow, Snyder, you suck, man. <laughs> no, but like, like, yeah, it's, I, it's, I, I, it's, I never thought of it like that. It's crazy to think about it because when you look at even his Justice League run, it was big, it was bombastic. He didn't have time for those small, intimate relationships with everybody else. So he's like, oh, well, all the individual titles can deal with that. Go ahead and, and do all that. Huh. Look at this. And also, if he is the architect for what's coming up next, you know what's going to happen? He's going to tell all these people, hey, write your stories, have fun. And then he'll take, oh, I like that. I like that. I like that. And I like that. And then I'm going to make hey, another hey, event. Hey, 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 don't make me not like Snyder either. You already did uh, it with Bendis. I'm hey, just saying. Hey, I'm hey, just saying. Hey. I'm just saying. Delete the like, show right now. The My eyes opened up when it came to this metal. And I'm hoping, I'm still hoping big things. I'm still hoping big things for metal. Uh, nah, I still want. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I still feel, want I to he, enjoy it. I think he ran his course. I still want to enjoy it. That That's what I'm trying to get at. Okay. But, yeah, I, I feel like he's. But whenever it comes to Snyder's writing, I can't like I I told that to uh, Juice, and he was like, "Oh crap, I think you're right." Like, no, no, I I now that you're explaining it, because I'm trying to now look back, and I'm like, "Huh, I think it was all because I remember everything did feel like an event. It was just long because I think it was drawn out." Yeah. Ah, ah. look at this. Snyder's a hack. <laughs> the only relationship that he built in uh, in his Justice League, which wasn't really built a whole lot, because again, he didn't have time to, was Martian Manhunter and Hawkgirl. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I, I feel like that's why I was, I, I think Rebirth Snyder has, is a, he feels like a completely different writer. Well, actually, from Metal... I think that he has completely changed who he, 
who he is. I think it's I think he's given the leeway to just say like, all right, these are all the crazy ideas that I've had that have always been rejected, but I'm a freaking number one writer in Batman history, so I'm gonna yeah go ahead and just I have carte blanche to do whatever the hell I want. So now he's just coming up with all these weird ideas, and if this is how it's always been, oof. But it's weird, man, because I you know you read American Vampire, you read Witches, you read. Um, a and D that he did with like Lemire, you do you read the wake that he did with Sean Murphy, and I'm like, my gosh, this is like completely different. And like Black Mirror, it, I don't consider Black Mirror, but then I don't know everything that's happened since from Metal on. And I'm like, I don't know, man. It's it's not it's not as enjoyable reading his books. Yeah, it's... I, I I will I will admit though, like the first issue of like the Last Night on Earth was cool. But I think it was more like the concept. It was so, whoa. But then we even admitted that like two and three kind of fell off the map. So, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. Yeah, it's something. I I, I propose fire everyone, <laughs> and then let's just pick our spots with the good ones. Yeah, I always I always said that like you always hear about these like workshops with new writers and stuff. I want there to be a whole like. I want there to be some sort of event or like, cause they have the DC showcases that are like, Hey, you know, these are our new writers, but I want there to be like, Hey, you need to write a three issue miniseries on these characters and see which one comes out of it. Like the big, the big guy on top or, or the big person on top. You know, uh, I think that, you know, with that kind of mentality and really putting people out there, that's the only way we're going to enjoy their work. So, I would like to see a lot more writers in both Marvel and DC, uh, but definitely in DC for sure. But uh, my wife is now hounding me, so I think we're gonna have to get off pretty soon. Uh, no, no, we we can get off now. My wife is saying, "How much longer? I want to go clean the car." <laughs> so we should just record for another hour, so I don't have to help. <laughs> Oh man, it's hot outside, man. Well, I shouldn't say anything to you. You're you're in Texas. I I am in Satan's butthole. Like, don't don't even like. That. Okay, well, if you're in his butthole, I'm in the navel. <laughs> I'm in his belly button. <laughs> so it all right. It is hot down here. All right, but uh, with that, guys, thank you again. Uh, we will have brand new books next week, and uh, we will yeah, we will see you next week. All see right, guys. See you.